Cantos thirty four to thirty six of Book Three of the Ramayana of Valmiki, translated by Ralph D. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Omar Dutri. Canto thirty four, Surpnaka's speech. Then fought the giant's fury broke, as Surpnaka harshly spoke. Caught by his lords, the demon king looked on her, fiercely questioning. Who is this Rama once and where? His form, his might, his deeds declare. His wandering steps, what purpose led to Dundag forest, or to tread? What arms are his that he could smite in fray the rovers of the night? And Trishiras and Dushan lay low on art and Kara's lay. Tell all, my sister, and declare, Who maimed it does of form most fair. Thus by the giant king addressed, While bound her fury unrepressed, The giantess declared at length The hero's form and deeds and strength. Long are his arms and lows his eyes, A black deer skin his dress supplies. King Dasarat's son is he, fair as Kandarpa's self to see, adorned with many a golden band, a bow like Indra's, arms his hand, and shoots a flood of arrows fierce, as venom's necks to bond and peers. I looked, I looked, but never saw his mighty hand the bowstring draw, that sent the deadly arrows out, while rang through air his battle shout. I looked, I looked, and saw too well how with that hail the giants fell. As falls to art the golden grain struck by the blows of Indra's reign. He fought, and twice seven thousand, all terrific giants, strong and tall, fell by the pointed shafts overthrown, which Rama shot on foot alone. Three little hours had scarcely fled, Kara and Dushan both were dead, and he had freed the saints and made a solemn show in Dundak's shade. Me of his grace the victor spared, or I the giant's fate had shared. The high-souled drama would not deign his hand with omen's blood to stain. The glorious Lakshman, justly dear, in gifts and warrior might his peer, serves his great brother with the whole devotion of his faithful soul impetuous victor bold and wise first in each hardy enterprise still ready by his side to stand a second self or better hand and rama has a large eyed spouse pure as the moon hot cheek and brows dearer than life in rama's sight whose happiness is hard delight with beauteous hair and nose the dame from head to foot has not to blame she shines the wood's bright goddess queen of beauty with her noble mien first in the ranks of women placed is sita of the dainty waist in all the art mine eyes have never seen female forms so sweetly fair goddess or nymph can vie with her nor bride or heavenly chorister he who might call this dame his own her eager arms about him thrown, would live more blessed in Sita's love than Indra in the world above.
she peerless in her form and face and rich in every gentle grace is worthy bride o king for thee as thou art meet her lord to be i even i will bring the bride in triumph to her lover's side this beauty fairer than the rest with rounded limb and heaving breast each wound upon my face i owe to cruel lakshman's savage blow but thou o brother shalt survey her moon-like loveliness to-day and karma's piercing shaft shall smite thine amorous bosom at the sight if in thy breast the longing rise to make thine own the beauteous prize up let thy better foot begin the journey and the treasure win if giant lord thy favouring eyes regard the plan which i advise up cast all fear and doubt away and execute the words i say come giant king this treasure seek for thou art strong and they are weak let cedar of the faultless frame be borne away and be thy dame thy host in Janustan who dwelt fought to the battle hide and by the shaft which rama dealt they perished in their pride dushan and kara breed no more laid low upon the plain arise and ere the day be over take vengeance for the slain canto thirty five ravan's journey when ravan by her furious part that terrible advice had heard he bade his nobles quit his sight and to the walk his thought applied he turned his anxious mind to scan on every side the hardy plan to gain against the risk he laid each hope and fear which care surveyed and in his heart at length decreed to try performance of the deed then steady in his dire intent the giant to the courtyard went there to his charioteer he cried bring forth the car whereon i ride i ready at his master's word the charioteer the order hard and yoked with active zeal the best of chariots at his lord's behest asses with heads of goblins drew that wondrous car wherever it flew obedient to the will it rolled adorned with gems and glistering gold then mounting with a roar as loud as thunder from a laboring cloud the mighty monarch to the tide of ocean lord of rivers hide wide was the shade above him spread white chowries waved around his head and he with gold and jewels bright shone like the glassy lazulite ten necks and twenty arms had he his royal gear was good to see the heavenly gods insatiate foe who made the blood of hermits flow he like the lord of hills appeared with ten huge heads to heaven upreared in the great car whereon he rode like some dark cloud the giant showed when rounded in their close array the cranes mid wreaths of lightning play he looked and saw from realms of air the rocky shore of ocean where 
unnumbered trees delightful grew, with flower and fruit of every year. He looked on many a lilied pool, with silvery waters fresh and cool, and shores like spacious altars meet, for holy hermit's lone retreat. The graceful palm adorned the scene, the plantain waved her glossy green. There grew the sull and beetle, there, on bending boughs, the flowers were fair. There hermits dwelt, who tamed each sense, by strictest rule of abstinence. Gundervas, kinders, thronged the place, nagas and birds of heavenly race, bright minstrels of the ethereal choir, and saints exempt from low desire. With others, sons of Brahma's line, Marichapas of seed divine, Vaikanas and Masha's straight, and Balakilias in the shade. The lovely nymphs of heaven were there, celestial wreaths confined the hair, and to each form new grace was lent by wealth of heavenly ornament. Well skilled was each in play and dance, and gentle arts of dalliance. The glorious wife of many a god those beautiful recesses trod. Their gods and anabs, all who eat, the food of heaven rejoice to meet. The swan and sardis thronged each bay, with callous ducks and divers gay. Where the sea spray rose soft and white, over rocks of glossy lazulite, as his swift way the fiend pursued, pale chariots of the gods he veered, bearing each lord whose rights austere had raised him to the heavenly sphere. Thereon celestial garlands hung, their music played and songs were sung. Then bright Gandharvas made his view, and heavenly nymphs as on he flew. He saw the sandalwoods below, and precious trees of odorous flow, that to the air around them lent their riches of delightful scent. Now failed his roving eye to mark tall aloe trees in grove and park. He looked on wood which cages filled, and plants which balmy sweets distilled, where her fair flowers the biddle showed, and the bright pots of peeper glowed. The pearls in many a silver heap lay on the margin of the deep, and grey rocks rose amid the red of coral washed from the ocean's bed. High sought the mountain peaks that bore treasures of gold and silver ore, and leaping down the rocky walls came wild and glorious waterfalls. Fair towns which grain and treasure held, and dames who every gem excelled, he saw spread beneath him far, with steed and elephant and car. That ocean shore he viewed that showed, fair as the blessed gods abode, where cool delightful breezes played over levels in the freshest shade. He saw a fig tree like a cloud, with mighty branches outward bowed. It stretched a hundred leagues and made, for harm it bounds, a welcome shade. Deeded the feeded king of yore, an elephant and tortoise bore, and lighted on a bough to eat the captives of his talent feet. The bough unable to sustain the crushing wet and sudden strain, loaded with sprays and leaves of spring, 
gave way beneath the fevered king. Under the shadow of the tree dwelt many a saint and devotee. Ajas, the sons of Brahma's line, Masha's, Marichipa's divine, Vaikhanasas and all the race of Balakilyas loved the place. But pitying their sad estate, the feeded monarch raised a weight of the hue's bow and bore away the loosened load and captured prey. A hundred leagues away he sped, ten on his monstrous booty fed, and with the bow he smote the lands where dwelt the wild Nishada bands. High joy was his, because his did, from Jeopardy the hermits freed, that pride for great deliverance wrought, a double share of valour brought. His soul conceived the high emprise, to snatch the umbrit from the skies. He ran the nets of iron first, then through the jewel chamber burst, and bore the drink of heaven away, that watched in Indra's palace lay. Such was the hermit's sheltering tree, which Ravan turned his eye to see, still marked where Garur sought to rest, the victory bore the name of blessed. When Ravan stayed his chariot over the ocean's hot enchanting shore, he saw a hermitage that stood sequestered in the holy wood. He saw the fiend Maricha there, with deer skin garb and matted hair, called up in hermit guise who spent his days by rule most abstinent. As guest and host are wont to meet, they met within that lone retreat. Before the king Maricha placed, foot never known to human taste. He entertained his guest with meat, and gave him water for his feet, and then addressed the giant king with timely words of questioning. Lord, is it well with thee, and well, with those in Lanka's town who dwell? What sudden thought, what urgent need, has brought thee with impetuous speed? The fiend Maricha thus addressed Ravan the king, his mighty guest, and he, well skilled in arts that guide, the eloquent, in turn replied. Canto 36 Ravan's Speech Hear me, Maricha, while I speak, and tell thee why at thy home I seek. Sick and distressed am I, and see, my surest hope and help in thee. Of Janistan I need not tell, where Supnaka Kara dwell, and Dushan with the arm of might, and Trishiras the fears in fight, who feeds on human flesh and gore, and many noble giants more, who roam in dark of midnight through the forest, brave and strong and true. By my command they live at ease, and slaughter saints and devotees. Those twice seven thousand giants, all, Obedient to their captain's call, joying in war and ruthless deeds, follow where mighty Kara leads. Those fearless warrior bands who roam through Janistan, their forest home, in all their terrible array, met Rama on the battle fray. God with all weapons fought they sped, with Kara at the army's head. The front of battle Rama held, with furious wrath his bosom swelled. Without a word his hate to show, he launched the arrows from his bow. 
on the fierce hosts the missiles came each burning with destructive flame the twice seven thousand fell overthrown by him a man on foot alone Kara, the army's chief and pride and dushan fearless warrior died and trishiras the fierce was slain and dundagud was free again he banished by his angry sire roams with his wife in mean attire this wretch his warrior tribe's disgrace has slain the best of giant race harsh wicked fierce and greedy souled a fool with senses uncontrolled no thought of duty steals his breast he joys to see the world distressed he sought the oot with fair pretence of truthful life and innocence but his false hand my sister left mangled of nose and ears bereft this rama's wife who bears the name of sita in her face and frame fair as a daughter of the skies how will i seize and bring the prize triumphant from the forest shade for this i seek thy willing aid if thou almighty one wilt lend thy help and stand beside thy friend i with my brothers may defy all gods embattled in the sky come aid me now for thine the power to succor in the doubtful hour thou art in war and time of fear for hardened hand without a peer for thou art skilled in art and wile a warrior brave and trained in guile with this one hope this only aim o rover of the night i came now let me tell what aid i ask to back me in my papa's task in semblance of a golden deer adorned with silver spots appear go seek his dwelling in the way of rama and his consort's tray doubt not the lady when she sees the wondrous deer amid the trees will bid her lord and lakshman take the creature for its beauty's sake then when the chiefs have parted thence and left alone without defence as rahu storms the moonlight i will seize the lovely dame and fly her lord will waste away and weep for her his valour could not keep then boldly will i strike the blow and wreak my vengeance on the foe when wise maricha heard the tale his heart grew faint his cheek was pale he stared with open orbs and tried the motion lips which terror dried and grief like death his bosom rent as on the king his look he bent the monarch's will he strove to stay distracted with alarm for well he knew the might that lay in rama's matchless arm with suppliant hands maricha stood and thus began to tell his counsel for the tyrant's good and for his own as well and of cantos thirty four thirty five and thirty six